With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You're listening to the Tennis.com podcast. And here are your hosts, Nina Pantic and Irina Falcone. Welcome to Tennis.com podcast, Inside the Tour. I'm Nina Pantic, and I'm joined by Irina Falcone. Hey, guys. And we have a special guest. We're in Lake Nona recording this podcast. We have Allison Risk. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening, and thank you, Irina and Nina, for having me. So, I guess, first off, when are you leaving Fed Cup? I leave on Sunday. Um, Steven's actually going, too. That'll be so fun. So, I'm so looking forward to it. It's always nice to have someone there with you. I usually don't take a coach with me, so Steven kind of fills that void. And I don't know if he's happy about that. He's definitely happy about going to Fed Cup, but filling the coach void, I'm not sure. How do you how do you find out that Catherine Ollie just shoot you a text a couple days ago? Because I feel like it comes out so 10 days before it happens. That's, I mean, not a lot of time. Yeah, not a lot of time. Well, you know, I kind of had an indication that I could possibly be called up just because I knew Coco was hurt. She had hurt her ankle. I knew Maddie was kind of struggling. Um, I wasn't sure about Sloan, but with two girls out and I wasn't sure if Venus and Serena were playing, um, you're never, you know, quite sure if they're, they're going to compete or not. So, um, I had an idea possibly I could be called up, but, um, yeah, you can never be guaranteed because we have so much depth in, in America now that, you know, there's just so many girls to choose from. Um, but yeah, Kathy just shot, shot me a text and said, Hey, Ali, if you have time to talk, you know, in the next couple of days, let me know. And, um, called her up and she kind of announced the lineup and kept me in the, the last uh, last spot and said, you know, if you if you can come and join again, then, you know, we'd be happy to have you. So that's kind of how it unfolded. And you'll be the veteran because in a way. Which is because, so weird. Yeah, that is so weird. <laughs> it's so weird. We've had yeah. so much fun since Kathy's been captain. Um, it's all Coco has always been on the team when I've been there and she's just hilarious she definitely brings the party. So <laughs> um, I was always, you know, used to having her on the team. Shelby was on the team, Bethany, uh, Sloan last year. So it was such a good group of girls and we just had so much fun. So I feel a little bit of pressure showing these rookies a good time because <laughs> I know that, you know, the veterans in my eyes, even though Coco's younger than me and um, Shelby, they, they just made it so much fun for me. So hopefully I can do the same for, for these girls. Yeah, because the team is Sophia Kennan. Daniel Collins and Nicole Melichar, um, mm-hmm. they've never played Fed Cup ties, right? Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's the, their first tie. And Way they, to start in the finals, right? Yeah. That's so exciting for them. I, it'll be, it'll be such a, a good time. Kathy, like I said, Kathy really makes it a good time and she makes it special for us in the sense that, yes, of course we want to win and, you know, do well for our country, but you know, it's more about being together and just having the team camaraderie. And out of that comes great things. You know, at least last year it did. And, you know, hopefully we can give the checks a run for their money this I th- year. I think Danielle is going to be an awesome addition to the team. Yeah, I, so I, she's, she's been in that team environment mm-hmm. before. And 
Nicole plays doubles exceptionally well. And I know I, I saw a few interactions between you and Sonia a little bit. You yeah. know, you guys are pretty close. And she's such a hard worker. Exactly. Know. And the, the beautiful yeah. thing about all those girls, they don't really care who's on the other side of the court. That's I couldn't agree with you more. Yeah. I feel like once they get on the court, it's battle time, you know? And I think that's kind of the nice part about them being young, too. I feel like they're super fresh in their, um, you know, look on competition. So I just think – I don't think that this will really um, – really affect them. And I think it'll be actually really cool to, to watch it for sure. When you were part of the team last year, um, part of the process of them winning it all. And then you got the rings to the US Open this year. I was there. So, so <laughs> oh, you did. You I was, I was on site that day. And oh. yeah. And I, I mean, that's really special. Like it's been a long time since the women won and you were part of it. It was, it was amazing. I mean, I mean, I don't want people to think I like took a huge part in the tie. I was definitely <laughs> on the sidelines for the final. Um, but I was there, I was there and I was able to witness, you know, everything that the girls did, you know, to win the matches. And honestly, it was some of the best tennis that I've ever seen. It was kind of crazy because Sabalenka and Sasnovich at the time were outside the top 50. Um, you know, but the way that those two girls were playing, you knew that they were going to have a huge year and that's exactly what they did. I think, well, obviously Sabalenka's top 20, Sasnovich is top 35, so it was kind of cool. And I think, you know, this could be a time for our girls, you know, to show the same thing. So that would be really, really awesome because obviously the Czechs are, um, you know, much more um, experienced in these in these situations. So for those of you guys, that I guess, don't really know much about Fed Cup, you won't really know the lineup until like a day or two before because it's just just depends how you're feeling out in the court, how you're playing out in the court. So you really don't know whether or not you're going to be playing until day of or day before or... It's always been day prior for me. Okay. So I've, we've always pretty much found out the day prior. Now, obviously, like I think on the final day, when if doubles is going to be in the equation, mm-hmm. that could be day of mm-hmm. um, because, you know, it just depends who's who's feeling healthy, who, who feels ready to go. Um, if, you know, another girl's maybe played both of the singles matches, maybe they're too tired. Who knows? The situation, but um, yeah, it's usually day day prior, which is kind of nuts. I mean, you know, we, I feel like as tennis players, we're all so regimented in what we do, and we like preparing and being ready. And this kind of throws you for a little bit of a loop, you know, not knowing, um, you know, if you're really going to be playing. But you can only assume that you are and prepare accordingly. Yeah, you just have to be ready, and you get there exactly. so early. Like you're going to fly yeah. out Sunday. You don't play until next Saturday. So next the process Saturday. is it. I feel like it'd be kind of fun. You're practicing together. You're hanging out. You're getting like, do you get new USA team clothes? I mean, I think yeah. the process, it always looks. That's definitely a so bonus. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think just like in this situation, like we have to get used to the jet lag. So we're, you know, we're traveling to Europe. So there'll be, a, you know, a couple of days of adjusting there. Obviously, just to get the whole team together, um, Nicole, actually, she played Singapore doubles. And so she went straight to check. So she's actually been practicing indoors and um, already over there. So it'll just be, yeah, just getting the team together, um, having a few fun nights. Usually we'll do game night one of the times. I think Kathy said there was like a scavenger hunt planned. (laughs) Um, Last year we did an escape the room. And luckily, you know, you were we, able to escape. Uh, luckily, we had Shelby and Coco on the team to get us out because otherwise, I definitely would have still been in there. So it was, um, it's always, yeah, something fun to look forward to. And they usually have a welcome dinner. So, you know, you get dressed up. And um, yeah, there's definitely some fun things outside of the tennis. 
the outfits though for the like the the, the night out before everyone wears the matching outfits. Do you guys pick yes. this? Who picks yes. this? Are you gonna no. pick? Because you're like. I actually did leader. pick the outfit, so now I'm a little tight. Awesome. Mine's a little bit more like business formal. <laughs> like it's not quite as um, fun as I'd say Bethany. Like she has such great style. She would she would do a lot of the picking before. Um, the last time when she wasn't in it, all three or all four of us, Sloan, Coco, Shelby, all kind of circulated like thousands of dresses. Like which ones you like the most? And we narrowed it down. But um, that is definitely one of the highlights. <laughs> Do you get a budget? They're like, okay, you have like 300 bucks a dress and then off you go shopping? No, no. And that's what, yes, that's what makes me a little tight. I'm like, I don't want to look like I'm like asking for like crazy amount of stuff, but it's going to be on a boat this year. So we know it's going to be probably cold. So we thought like we have to have like a little blazer. I'm telling you guys ahead of time. We have a jumpsuit, a little white blazer <laughs> and some booties. <laughs> That's cute. Oh, the shoes, too. The imagination the can grow wild. Like, yes. I, mean, I can see it, but I'm like, we don't know the color. We don't know how it's going to fit. I mean, it's, it's yeah, going to be pretty yeah, spectacular. Okay. I can't wait to okay. see it. I can't wait I'm to see it. I'm super tight because it's all on me. <laughs> I don't know who cares, like, about this stuff, but I've always wondered, and I've always been like, wow, they're wearing some outfits. Like, they got to go to dinner before. It just seems like fun. I do get excited yeah. when I see all And I want to like, see the photos. Yeah. Instagram yeah. photos, the Twitter photos. You see, like, oh, my gosh, team dinner. I'm like, I love it. I love that dress. Girl, you're working it well done the one That's last hilarious. year was stunning the blue long the one blue, oh, everyone yes, looks we all, so good we all picked that up we oh. can all take a little bit of credit for yeah, that yeah well done that one was that perfect was well and everyone looked so good I remember being I like, thought oh, so guys. too nailed it nailed it so I, I did so I did want to talk about one thing I remember a few years ago I can't remember which year it was but I think Shelby was a rookie and because she was a rookie, they, oh. they have something like an initiation almost. It's almost like going into a fraternity or a sorority. She rapped. She had to yes. rap the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Well, she didn't have to. That was voluntarily, guys. Voluntarily, she did that. No. Yes. So that's what made it even more special because she absolutely killed it. She I think we all, all like our jaws like hit the floor and we're like, what insane. just happened? It yeah. was insane. Oh, so you, you, did you hear the whole recording? I did. Oh, yeah. It was like unreal. It was hilarious. It was amazing. Yeah. But we were all like videoing it. Like, I was like, oh my gosh, I think I got up and said like, oh, thank you guys for my first Fed Cup experience. Like, <laughs> go USA. <laughs> and she's up there rapping. So was that, um, there really isn't an initiation or like some sort of. There is. You do. If you are a rookie, you do usually historically have to get up at the welcome party and at least say a few words. Okay. But she took it. Shelby took it to a whole other level. So which, kudos is, to that. Is there a plan? I don't know because there's three of them. That's a lot of rookies. rookies. That's a lot of rookies. I wonder if they can I do know. like a synchronized and there won't be like, rookies something. in the team. Rap. Yeah. Hmm. Well, and I, it was actually funny because Sonia texted me. She was a little tight about it. She's like, oh my gosh, wait, what is that? Like, we have to do something? Like, I said, well, Sonia, there's three of you. Like, I'm not really sure. I was like, I'm not, I can't tell you yes or no, but probably. Be ready. Be ready. Yeah. Be, be ready. ready to be exceptionally embarrassed. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I feel like public speaking, especially if you're doing it for the first, second time, is really scary and nerve wracking. Really. You can panic. Oh, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You have to get used to it a couple times and then... So what happens after... Yeah. What happens after Fed Cup? So you, it would wrap next Sunday and everyone just hops the flight back on Monday and then is it off season? Do you have more tournaments? Like, what do you... Yeah. Well, I, after that, I would completely shut it down. I have I have no other tournaments. I actually... I was preparing for nothing else this year. So I had actually already taken my couple weeks off. 
I was going to go into my third week off, and that's when I found out I was playing pickup, so I had to wrap it back up again. <laughs> um, I missed my couch already. I was really enjoying it, but it's been um, it's been fun to train again. I think it's actually probably beneficial because I went back and started to train in the gym. I mean, I. Uh, just bending down to go to the bathroom at night, I was like, oh, my legs. Like, everything was hurting. I was so sore. So it's like if I took one more week off, I don't know if my body could have handled it. So I'm glad I kind of got back into things. <laughs> so, but so then, I yeah, I'll, I'll shut it down and um, shut it down, meaning no more tournaments. But I'll continue to do um, probably a week or two of just fitness. And then I'll incorporate the tennis probably December 5th or so. Yeah, because you plan on going to Australia, so you exactly. I mean, the office is so short. I remember last year during off season, um, where it was just like you had your two weeks. I I, I finished pretty late. I think it was like November thirteenth because I was playing the eighty k's at the end of the uh, year, and it was like, all right, you, t- you have like ten days, and it's like right back to work. And I was just like, oh, here's here's a Australia. All here's over a flight exactly. to Australia. Yeah, you know, all exactly. of a sudden you're like, oh, it's here again. Like, it well, it's kind of nuts because we for the girls, like we had. I mean, typically, unless you're playing Singapore um, or or the Zhuhai. or uh, the ITFs or Zhuhai, oh, yes, yeah. you end like mid October while the guys still have like another month. So we actually have it pretty good, yeah, comparatively. But yeah, it's definitely a long season. I feel like this week and last week in particular, everyone goes on these vacations and they're like yeah, posting these photos, the key photos, beaches, Maldives, Thailand. I'm like. What? Isn't that amazing? Yeah. Is that something that everyone plans on each year? Is that I think every, a lot of girls look forward to that. And I feel like in the China swing, that's kind of what gets a lot of girls through it, is they're like, oh yeah, like Vacation. I'm going to Bora Bora in like three weeks. <laughs> you know? So it's like I can handle eating rice for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I know the Bora Bora's waiting. <laughs> so um uh, we actually like Stephen and I. We didn't. We didn't plan anything. Stephen's my fiance, by the way. Um, we didn't plan on anything this year. I was just so excited to be home. I really, I really enjoy it. Orlando has been somewhat new for us. We've only been there for about two years, so it's fun just to explore different food places and, and just hang out at home. I, I love that. Fair enough. I mean, we both get that. Like, just sitting at home can be a vacation. Oh yeah, yeah. the I'm couch, gonna... the freedom. When I used exactly, to... I just remember like last year and the year before, people would be like, "Oh, so what are you doing for vacation?" I was like, "You mean home? That's, yeah. that's what I'm doing. That's I'm vacation. sitting on my couch. I'm gonna cook my own <laughs> meals. I'm gonna have my own like." area i don't have to go anywhere my own bed you know just having the privilege of having your own bed and getting to sleep in it every night is something you just can't take for granted anymore that's so true and it's really the best it really is it is so you're based in orlando so right now we're in lake nona so you're based in orlando and are you in downtown orlando are you in lake nona the usda was a factor in the decision how did how did we get here yeah well i am um my fiance and I, Stephen, live in Orlando. Um, we are downtown, so about 25 minutes from uh, USTA. And we landed on Lake Nona just because at the time Stephen was working for USTA. So, um, and I had found a coach at Saddlebrook, Billy Heiser. Billy, this is your shout out. I know you wanted one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he deserves it. And um, yeah, he's he's awesome. And because of that, I could never move from this area just because I finally, you know, have found a coach that, you know, I mesh with. And it's really hard. It's hard to find a good coach out there. I'm sure Irina can attest to it. There's a lot of choices out there. And once I finally have found one that I feel like, you know, can actually help me, I 
don't want to stray from it as long as Billy will want to be my coach. <laughs> so, it's a lot of pressure for me. I Wait, can't mess it up. But he's but based in Saddlebrook, so that's Tampa? He's in, yes, he's Arizona? in Tampa. So we pretty much split our week. So he'll come to USTA a couple of days of the week or close to our house. And then I'll spend time with um, him and his wife. I usually stay at their house, train at Saddlebrook for a couple of days of the week, and then come home on the weekends to Orlando. So... It's worked out really well, so I still get a little bit of time in my own bed. And then for off-season in December, we'll actually stay at Saddlebrook during the entire week, come home on the weekends, so for probably three weeks. It's worked out very well being here, I must say. Like, we didn't know at the beginning how this was all going to work out, but um, it's definitely been a good move. But Steven now is working for UTR, so is that Mm -hmm. something that he does based out of here in Florida because they're based in like Palo Alto. Exactly. Yeah. He was able, he's able to at least be here for a couple years and then maybe ultimately have to make his way West. Um, hopefully by then, you know, California prices will decrease a little bit, but we'll see about that. Um, I think I'll probably always have to have a presence in Florida just because it's really, um, it's convenient for me in my training. Um, you know, assuming that I'm able to stay healthy. So, um, I'll probably always be, be in the Florida area. How'd you find Billy? Was it through Saddlebrook? Is that where you trained as a kid or how's, what's your connection? I've actually never been to Saddlebrook in my entire life. I'd always heard about it. I thought it was like this amazing place where like all these top 20 players trained. And I was like, what is this place? And actually it was through Steven. So Steven was, you know, friends with Billy and, um, you know, I, 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 I cycled through coaches pretty quickly at a point there. And, um, I, you know, gave Billy a shot last off season and, um, he, he's been so wonderful. He's just, he's really understanding. And I feel like he understands women, which is such a bonus because I know at least me, I'm not very easy. Um, so I've really appreciated that. And, um, yeah, it was, it was all through Steven. So, um, I'm very, very fortunate for that. Because he actually used to coach Tim Smichek. He was in the men's tour for a little while. Billy so, was? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, Billy was. Okay. So the exactly. fact that he actually knows women, like you said, that's like a huge bonus. Exactly. Coming, coming from the men's tour. I, yeah, I was a little hesitant, to be honest, because I, Eve Boulay, who I grew up um, with as a coach, you know, he was very understanding of women, and he worked with his wife prior. So he was always with women, whereas Billy had always been with guys. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, he's going to get – he's going to want to get rid of me within like two months. Like he's going to have had enough. So um, I think his wife, Jackie has done a great job. I think that's how this all worked out. She's really, you know, got him to understand women. So I'm, I'm really uh, fortunate for that. How long have you worked with him? Just, just for an entire year. So okay. since last the year's been good. The year's been pretty good. It's been, it's been a good year. Obviously you always wish, you know, you had been able to do better, but um, I think all in all it was positive and, um, you know, I, like I said, I just, I'm really grateful that he stuck by me because I know it was definitely challenging at times. I mean, there's been, I think there's a lot of ups and downs in everyone's years, mm-hmm. but you know, some of the highlights I feel like everyone should know is you got three top 15 wins this year. You win the finals of Nuremberg. I mean, you beat, lost no, lost a place of do you have to bring that one yes. up? Like, it's okay if it was, like, one of my wins, but, like, come on. You want a hundred like, I had, like, I had huge some, points in that, and I lost, you know, like, that is come on. You're right. I messed still, up on that one. It's still fresh. Yeah, <laughs> but I, I still feel like reaching the quarters of a premiere, Tokyo is a pretty big tournament, it's kind of a respectable, amazing outcome. Thank Finals you. of Nuremberg, it's their fifth final. I don't know. I feel like Thank there's highlights so that people sometimes overlook. Players that aren't famous, everyone's like, oh, yeah, like, they're... You're, so, you're very right about that. And honestly, like, I think it's... It, 
it's important that even as a player that you look at, you know, the things that you accomplished, even though, you know, in your eyes, you wanted it to be better. I think it's always positive to look at the things that like it, my final was on the clay court. I've never done that before. And it was something that it's so small, but like that, I like to look at that and as something to give confidence um, even though it was like seven months ago, but I'm still like rehashing it. Yeah. I think you can though, because the time at the end of the year, you always look back, Hey, what do I do this whole year? I mean, even in any career, you're always like, Oh, look, how has this year been for me? It's easy to forget. Right. Like, you beat Caroline Garcia and Angelique Kerber and Muguruza. I mean, that's not, it's not an easy fee. I mean, <laughs> you guys are really sweet. I need to like do more podcasts with you. <laughs> Thank you. We're a positive duo. Yeah. I know. I love it. But it's so Thank easy. You. Like you said, you know, you just forget. It's it's one of these sports where it's like now, 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 next week, mm-hmm. next week. You're always worried about your next result. It's like it's never going to be enough. And I'm, uh, as I'm listening to you, I'm like, man, she's had such a great year. And she's like, you know, it could be better. It could be better. But it, that's just the professional in you. You know, you're always thinking like, man, I should have won that match. Man, I could have like, you know, held in that game. That could have potentially. But, you Beat know, you have Oh yeah. my God. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Thank yeah. you so much, Nina. But you have to just acknowledge how much of a good year you've had, you know, especially, I mean, you're, this is not your first year on tour. So to continue right. having such good results, you know, 10 years, I, I think that you've been oh on the gosh, tour. I mean, 10 years is a, it's, I mean, you've been on the tour 10 years. That's, that's amazing you enough. Have. Yeah. So yeah, exactly. To be top 100 have. still, you know, that's still, you have top to give, 70. Yeah. to give yourself, you have to continually give yourself credit because if you don't, you're always going to be like, oh, I should have done, could have done better. You know, you're so right. And like you said, though, I think it's something that is always going to be there just because that's, it's kind of the nature of, of our sport. You know, it's just something that happens every week. And, um, it's only human to kind of look on the past, which obviously you're only taught to look forward, but it's only human, you know, to, to, to rehash the past. And that's something that I think I could, I personally could get so much better on is just is moving forward, but being positive about the good things that have happened. Absolutely. I still remember like having the talk with you, like in 2013, we were having dinner and, you know, you were kind of. I wouldn't say that you were thinking about retirement, but you were just kind of like in a slump. And then like a few... We're 23 years old. Yeah, we were 23 (laughs) and she was in a slump. Can you believe it? Yeah. And she was telling me, she's like, you know, I just, I don't know how long it's going to, if I want to keep doing this. And you mentioned your coach saying, you know, sometimes it just takes a little longer for some people. Mm -hmm. And sure enough, you know, a month later, you go and get ridiculous uh, results in uh, Wimbledon and in Birmingham. And all of a sudden you're like top 50. (laughs) <laughs> right from that, just a few months, you know, just before you were telling me like, ah, I don't know how long, much longer I want to do this. Uh, you were outside like top 130 maybe yeah. and then boom, top 50. So it just goes to show for those listening, like it really can happen just in one week. You know, oh. it just takes one good week. There's so many things in that, like as you were talking that I would love to have been able to write, write down to like bring out points <laughs> because that definitely is not the first or last time that I've had that thought of, you know, like, what am I doing? I've had enough losing. I've had enough of this. I'm done. You know, like I can't, my mom, you know, is probably like, probably why she has great hair is because all the times I call her and I'm like, mom, I freaking can't take this. Like, this is enough. And you know what? Then the next day comes and yesterday is in the past. And literally, like you said, it truly for, in my experience, not even one week, it's sometimes one match. Like, if you can get that one match, and honest to God, I wouldn't care if 
I was hacking left-handed and just pushing my serve, but I was fighting and able to get through that one match to give me the confidence back. Honest to God, that's usually all it takes to turn something around. And it's happened so many times in my career. I've had a very cyclical career and a lot of times it's one match that ends up getting me out of it. And then the next coming week, something unfolds and then it happens again. And then something unfolds. It's just how it works. And, um, I was lucky in the fact that you said, you said Eve at the time had said some people peak at different times, Allie, like you have to stay in it and you, you know, have to have hope that it's going to unfold at some point. And honestly, it was so it's it was so refreshing to hear that because it's so easy to compare yourself to the person who you grew up with that is now top 20 or the person that, you know, you beat two weeks ago and she's, you know, in the quarters of a grand slam or something like that. And instead of just, you know, staying in your in your lane and just having faith that, you know, something will ultimately come if you can stay, stay uh, true to what you're trying to do. I'm feeling so inspired right now. Oh, well, what you just said there, I was like, oh my gosh, I have so many pieces in that, that like in my career that I've thought of, you know, that are like, wow, like, like, it's just so it tennis is so funny. And it does teach you so much about just life. Yeah, absolutely. In general. I just remember there was a few times like, just a few months ago, my mom out of nowhere, we were just, you know, like chilling in bed. And she goes, she's like, you know, if you never touch a racket ever again, I just want you to know that you are enough. And I was just like, oh, my God, okay, like, thank you for that. Let's like, all start crying. Yeah, I know. <laughs> sometimes, okay. sometimes you just oh. you just forget. You're like, oh, my gosh, like, did I do – am I doing enough as a tennis player? But at the end of the day, it's like, are you doing enough just, like – To be a happy human. Yeah, and yeah. To enjoy yourself. Yeah, and, I mean, it just goes to show, I mean, you just said you, you still call your mom like, oh, my God, I don't want to do this anymore. Mm-hmm. Think about all the tennis players every single day that are having those conversations, and they still get up in the morning and go train. Mm-hmm. So. 100%. And, I, yeah, even if I had, like, a 9-to-5 job, like, I don't know if I would necessarily call my mom about my bad days and say I'm going to quit – but I'm sure that I would have a ton of bad days as well. And you still, the beat goes on. Uh, yeah. I call my mom. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, my dog's probably nine to five, but yeah. Guys, this is very relatable. Yep. Any, even if you don't like any capacity. Yeah, I, yeah. I agree with you. That's so true. That's really funny. Um, so we must mention how hilarious you are on Twitter. Yeah. Much more funny on Twitter than in person, unfortunately. <laughs> But like all my, you know, wit comes like in writing, you know, I, I just, I'm not that quick, like in person. So (laughs) I take, I take to my Twitter. (laughs) I mean, I, I I feel like both are pretty great. Like either one that you have, because Twitter, I feel like you're reaching more people because you have a lot of followers, right? And everyone's like, "Ah, (laughs) you know, when you're like with your friends, I don't, I don't know. I would take it. My other, this is not a comparison, but my other favorite is Judy Murray. Is that weird? Oh, she's she's hilarious. I love her Twitter. I love everything me. about Judy. The fact she's that just she loves woman. dessert is just, yeah. I mean, I'm and, like, hates, <laughs> and hates no If there's any kind of foliage, like Photo. people know now, and whenever she goes to places and they they'll know she's coming, off. they'll take it. Oh, yeah. She's, she's like, I appreciate them not having any foliage. Obviously, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to try my British accent right yeah. now. So, <laughs> so yeah, she's my dream pot. You're my dream podcast guest, but Judy Murray. Oh, yeah, you bet. That's my good. Second yeah, you better correct yourself. My all time favorite, though, tweet that is on. Honestly, just ingrained in my mind oh, that no. you said is this appropriate? was yeah, it's totally appropriate. Um, uh, it was when the Pope was in town uh-huh. in in Italy, 
but you said, you know, the Pope is in town, better get my bleep together. <laughs> I just was dying. I was in my hotel room and I just, you know, my boyfriend was oh, like, Irina, Irina, what's wrong? I was like, you got to read this tweet. Honestly, Irina. the funniest thing I've ever seen. I love you. Yeah. Thanks I, for saying that. I I'm so, glad I can make someone's day. That's all I'm trying. Make one other person's day. I'm inspired because I want to be, I want to tweet more. I don't tweet at all. I don't tweet at all. You have to get into it. My, my, you would be, oh, outrageous on Twitter. I'm going to get more aggressive. I'm, I just yeah. get really worried. I'm like, oh, maybe I shouldn't say that. I'm always too worried. And then I'm like, God, that was actually really funny. Why didn't I yeah, just say so that? So you know what? You just got to do it. Yeah. And you're always going to have haters. So just say it. Yeah. You know, who cares? If yeah. it's not like, hurting someone or like that offensive go for it yeah, yeah. the haters yeah. the haters oh. <laughs> haters are just everywhere haters don't hate according yeah. to taylor swift they're gonna hate i never even look at that i don't know about you arena but like i would literally if i had to see when people that's probably why if you've ever written me i don't always see it <laughs> because I, I what i try to do is only look at people that i do know that have tweeted me because I'm like, I couldn't care less what Joe Schmo says, you know, but if there's someone that I know and I care about and is going to write something, obviously I'm going to give it attention, but I don't look about the other stuff because they're all living in their parents' basement. They're all the basement dwellers. That's what I call them. And you can totally put that on there. I don't care. <laughs> it's clever. Well, they're all gambling in their parents' faces. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. There's no solution. Though, a really. lot of times when I respond, I'm just like, may the Lord be with you. That's right. usually what That's I say. It's so funny. My sister took over my Facebook. I was doing horrible things on there, and she ended up taking it over, and she would say, I just want to let you know that I'm praying for you. She actually had a man that would write that wrote back and was like, wow, like I didn't think you would actually read this. Um, thank you so much for the prayers. Like He was like, I mean... I don't feel bad for him. But, like, just the fact, like, you say that it could totally change. Their perspective. And, they, and plus, I think they do want the attention. They do. If you, yeah. They do. If you write back. But, yeah, if you say, I'm, I love that. Yeah. Your sister played, though, too, right? She, played, she did. She played in college, Vanderbilt, and then yeah. turned pro after? She did. She played for, I want to say, two years. Um, she was, like, 370. Yeah. And then she, she just had enough. I mean, she was grinding on the, on the ITF circuit for quite a bit, and... Um, she had a sponsor, but it was it it was just a lot for her. So she um, she called it off, and now she lives she lives in Nashville now. Though she went back close to Vanderbilt, and um, she loves she loves being. There. I actually just visited her this past weekend. Did it influence you? I guess um, choosing to go to college, not go to college, going pro. Was it? Cause she's older, so was there like yeah. a little bit of oh hey, like she's doing this, like I should do this. Well, I definitely think she she influenced me to choose Vanderbilt um, just because she knew that she had an amazing experience there. And the coach, the head coach there, Jeff McDonald, was the same um, coach that I would have had, that she had when she was there. So we knew what I would have been getting into. But in terms of me choosing to go to college or turning pro... Sarah and actually my parents, to be honest, kind of veered towards me turning professional. So I did verbal and commit to Vanderbilt. And um, two weeks before I ended up turning the scholarship down. Um, but yeah, my family from the beginning was actually kind of having me think about turning professional, even though that's what I never really even saw for myself. Wow. Really? That's crazy because, like, a lot of parents, I feel like, would be like, you know what? Yeah. Go to college. Get your degree. Make sure you have that in your pocket. You know, even I, I know Cece Bellis was having that. She was going to go to Stanford, right? That's right. And then her parent, her mom was super adamant about her going to Stanford. 
Well, it's funny. And I think my parents kept falling back on the thought that this is your one chance to do this. I was, I was about 220 at the time he- heading into the freshman year. So I'd already had a little bit of a jump start, got my feet wet. And, um, I had a sponsor, Tom Colton that Irina definitely knows, um, you know, call me up. Literally. I remember I was in the condo in Hilton head and he asked to speak with me. He called my mom and he's like, Hey, you know, um, if you want to go for this, um, I will take care of you know, of your expenses for you and your sister. So my sister could be my coach. So I wouldn't be on the road alone. And he was amazing in the fact that he said, you know, I don't want you staying at the super eight to save money. You know, I want you staying in the nice hotels and I want you to have the proper experience that is going to allow you to have possible success. It was funny because my parents heard the deal and the, um, they pretty much were all about it. It was me that needed a little bit more convincing because I I was so set in Vanderbilt. I wanted to be like my sister and have her ex- experiences there. And But you know what? Um, honestly, having their support and knowing that they, you know, had my back in this instance and they, they thought, you know, if you really want to go back to school, you can be a volunteer assistant and possibly, you know, get the education if that's really what you want down the road. And I told Tom yes, and I had to tell Vandy no, and that was one of my hardest calls um, to Jeff. I definitely don't think he was very happy at the time. You know, looking back, it it was definitely the road less traveled, um, and I would make the decision a hundred times again, as I'm sure Irina would probably do the same. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm sure Georgia Tech and leaving, you know, I'm sure Jeff was super like hurt and probably like, oh, crap, I got to find someone else, you know. But at the end of the day, I'm sure he realized, well, look at you now, like you made the right call. You know, I was very relieved after my first couple of years because I thought, oh, shoot, if I'm like, you know, turn Fanny down and I go out there and I stink it up, like stinks for me and stinks for him. So, yeah, I was really um, I was relieved that it worked out you know, the way that it did. It goes yeah. to show that, like, the support system is so important. And again, something that people don't realize because it's behind the scenes. Like, the support yeah. system, not, mm-hmm. hey, you're coach in the player box, but, like, who got you there? Your parents, so true. sponsor, sister, the coach at the time, the college coach being like, hey, go ahead, go for it. Even though he maybe he didn't say that. But That's right. In the sense right. that he wasn't, I don't know, holding you back. That's right. Didn't influence you. I mean, it's all of that. Stan Wawrinka's coach, Magnus Norman, he actually, that was one of the things when people were telling him, like, oh, you've done such a great job with Stan or whatever. That was one of the things he said. He was like, you have to think of all the other people that got him to where he is today. Like, it's the, the coaches when he was six, when he was 10 years old, that were able to get him to where he is today. Like, it's very easy to just think, like, oh, look at the coach now. No, it's it's all the years and all the coaches that have come through and the parents and the friends. And just you don't think of the friends that were like, hey, man, you know what? This week wasn't your week. Next week's your week. Like, you just don't think of all the people that really have influenced you. So much more to it. Yeah. I mean, even Sasha Bajan uh, with Naomi Osaka last week was saying he tweeted out like, hey, great year. Thanks to her parents for letting me work with her. And I'm like, yeah. I don't even think about that. Like, this is a 20-year-old kid. Yeah, like, that's so it's true. 100% yeah. true. Yeah. There's a lot, a lot. And even how you picked up a racket. Like, why did you start playing tennis? Yes. You know, how did everyone's story so usually involves a parent or a sister. Well, in your so case, was it, was it kind of both? 
It was all my parents, mostly my dad. My dad was very influential in my tennis career. When my dad turned um, 50, because he worked for the government, he retired. And at the time, I was literally like four. So ever I was basically his next job, quote unquote. Um, so he was my tennis teacher from the beginning and I just remember, oh my gosh, like he would yank me. I would love, I love to play like house and play with my dolls and he would take me from the house and I would just be bawling. He wanted me to go practice tennis and I was like four, like, you know, I started when I was three with a racket in my hand. I don't know how much hitting actually occurred. And I would run to my mom like, mom, like you have to save me. I don't want to go. So literally my dad forced me, forced me, like literally forced me into the sport and I was probably eight. I was eight. I was eight when I won my first tournament and I loved getting a trophy. Like I thought that was the coolest thing ever. After that, it was a little easier. I didn't love to practice. It was still a challenge, but my dad was just on me. And honestly, everything is because of my dad to this day. I mean, he was the first one I would have quit the day of if it had been up to me. That is so relatable. I know. That is a completely relatable story because, yeah, my dad started it all when I was four years old, too. And it was also, it was exceptionally hard for him letting go. I remember, um, you know, when I got to college and my coaches were like, well, we're going to have to completely reconstruct your forehand. And I was like, what? It's been great so far. (laughs) It really wasn't. But, you know, it's uh, a lot of people just forget of all the people that get us to where we are now. It's so true. And there's an awkwardness sometimes, I think. Yeah. Because sometimes the dad or the mom doesn't want to let go and they're still kind of like following, interfering. And I've I've heard of players who are still in college. They're like Division I tennis players and their parents are on the sidelines and interfering. And you're like, dude, this kid's in college. College. Like, let it go. Right. It just depends. I mean. Yeah. But then they get you where you are. So you're like. That's right. That's right. And I, I hear like sometimes people give their you know, these parents that are, you know, giving the kids a hard time about their practice and such and such. But I knew firsthand what it was like. And I respect it so much because I just know if it had been up to me, I would not have done half the things I did. And it was because I was young. And now obviously I came to love it and I came to, you know, want to do it myself. But there was that point where, you know, I just had to be pushed. So I guess to all the parents out there, thanks for exactly. getting us started. <laughs> Thanks for putting that racket in our hands. It's so true. All the discipline. Yeah. Okay. That's it for this episode. Um, thank you all for listening. I want to thank our special guest, Allison Risk. Thank you guys. Thank you guys so much. I had such a blast. Um, and that's it. So I'm Anita Pantic. And I'm Irina Falcone. You've been enjoying the tennis.com podcast. For all the latest news and events, head over to tennis.com.